Riverside. Yay! Good morning, Mr. White. Good morning, Mrs. Angel. How are you today? I am phenomenal. Um, you have a little sniffle. A little bit of a sniffle. A little bit of a sniffle. Midterm sniffle. Midterm sniffle. Well, we can't all live in sunny Brisbane. Right, we can't. Uh, it's a little bit of drizzle here today, but it's still a solid uh, 30 plus degrees. So <laughs> you don't just... need to worry about us. It's just greening up our lawns. Oh, and um, the weekend is promising blue skies and no wind and, yeah, just well, another hey, day in we've, paradise. We've got blue sky here. We're doing okay. Don't you worry about it. It's a beautiful sunset in, uh, in Melbourne this evening. Really? It is. It's lovely. There you go. It's very nice. Yeah, well, it's a good, good time to be alive. The good time uh, so, to be alive. Why are we so here? Why are we here? Would why are we me? here? Well, we're here to celebrate teaching, to celebrate teachers, and to celebrate all things learning. We want to get people involved in the profession. It's fantastic to be a part of. It's exciting. It's forever changing. And we want to shine a light on the great stuff that we do every day. Couldn't agree more. Uh want to give a quick little shout out to our sponsors. Obviously, those joining us on YouTube can see that I'm beautifully lit um uh mr white's doing the best he can he's um he's filming off site right yes. now he did travel with his headphones it's an away game his... today yes. it is an away game exactly um but he's still planning on on putting in a good a good innings regardless um <laughs> all right so we have had uh some some great new listeners joining us along the way we have we're not talking about Spain, but we have maintained uh, our listenership in Singapore. So I would love to say hello to all of our Singaporean friends. Fantastic. And we actually, this week, we welcomed a new listener from the US from Virginia. 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 Spectacular. Do Welcome. You think of, do you think of a song when you think of um, Virginia, Mr. Yes. White? What's that yeah, song? What you... uh, West Virginia. West Virginia. Take me home. Take me home. Take me home. Country road. Country road. I apologise to everyone um, that we, I just <laughs> did a little ditty. That's a promise. That's not going to happen in the future. That's so right. welcome to our, um, our our listeners from all around the world. And it's super exciting to know that people are joining us from all around the world. And uh, I know lots of you are teachers or if you're not a teacher, you are a lover of teacher teachers so um thank you for celebrating our amazing profession yes thank you very much we're going to talk about spiraling upwards let's go spiraling upwards shall we so we started talking about some questions um a few episodes ago we're going to have a chat about one today so what does your support network look like both in the school and beyond shaz what have you got what's your support network look like in school and beyond All right. Great question, I think, Uh, and absolutely imperative regardless of your stage of teaching. So my support network at school, so I've been in this very fortunate position where I've been able to choose choose my team at school because we started uh, at the start of last year and it was me and then and then has been, you know, largely my pick since then. So the very first person that I brought into my team was my amazing office manager who I had worked previously and a great opportunity to shout out to the most amazing office administrator I've ever worked with, um, Yvonne Harrington. So I know she's a 
a big fan of the teachers and big fan of Teachers Change Lives podcast. And she is absolutely the absolute backbone of my school and the most important, I always say to every new employee. Um, so we're going to go and meet Yvonne now. She's the most important person at this school. Um, and she definitely is my biggest support at school and I couldn't do anything without her. Great. Our, um, our teachers and leadership team and support workers and assistant teachers have got this little thing that we do on a Friday afternoon, Friday evening. Yeah, we do. We have a WhatsApp channel and we do our uh, Friday shout outs. And so we name and fame people who have made our week better. I like that name and fame. I name love and it. fame. So you don't keep it vague. There's no no place for vagary. It's um, <laughs> you need to be very very clear who it is that's made your week better. And it's just the most delight delightful thing on a Friday evening to sit and have a couple of drinks and see those messages roll in. Um, I think that's a really great sign of a, a healthy support network within the school. And then obviously at home, I have got my a phenomenal husband, um, Luke Angel, mm-hmm. and best first husband that I've ever had. And <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to pay for that one. <laughs> and, um, and also, um, yeah, my, my son, they love absolutely, I don't know if my husband loves to hear um, school stories, but my son absolutely loves to hear a school story. So he wants to know, how was your week? He always asks, how was your, how was your day? How was your week? Um, and always know that I need to, I've always got a story to share around the table about the awesomeness at the school. Um, yeah, so it's nice that they they care and they know that I, I need to verbalise at the end of the day because, yeah, working with kids is, um, is fun and intense. How about you? Fun Who and intense, your- it absolutely is. Who is your support network within your school and beyond? Uh, in school, I'm a head of house. So the other house coordinators uh, and I get along really well and we, we work very well together and we support each other very, very well um, on any level. It can be within you know school issues or even just you know stuff that comes up outside of school and you just want to talk to someone about it. They're always willing to um, offer an ear and a bit of advice and, and, a, and a joke and a laugh. And mm-hmm. come on, let's go for a walk, get a coffee, um, which sometimes you just need to get off campus. You know, if, if you yeah. have the opportunity to um, or just go for a walk, get out of the office, do something. Uh, and they're always willing to do that. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm lucky. A bunch of people um, I have trust in and um, find support in. Um, and they're great. So I'm, I'm very happy um, with the support network I have at school. And beyond, I differ from you, Shaz. I don't. I don't feel the need to speak when I get home so much. Uh, I don't have to recount every moment of my day. (laughs) Sometimes I just want some time for me and my lovely wife and family know this. So when I get home, they sort of, you know, I say, G'day, obviously it's exciting and it's great. Uh, And then I get, you know, 15 times to sort of 15 minutes to decompress and sort of chill out and relax and then join the festivity that is uh, three kids. Yeah. <laughs> and start five, dinner five, and all that. three and one. Yes, 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 yes. So um, no, it's 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 good. I I need that to decompress, and then yeah. then I can be my best self with them uh, in the evening. So, but yeah, having said that, if there's anything that happens at all, uh, my wife's always willing to and keen to have a 
have a listen and offer her advice. And I've got a few people in my family that are ex-teachers. So they're all, you know, they're a wealth of, of knowledge and understanding as well because they, they get it, you know, you can sort of, you, you can talk in shorthand with them and they can sort of see your perspective very, very quickly. So I'm very lucky to have a number of those people uh, in my life as well, which is great. That's awesome. So I guess the reason we're talking about this um, is we're recognising that obviously teaching profession is 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 difficult. It's amazing and impactful, but it it's not easy. And um, every educator knows that it's not easy. So we have been talking about these reflection questions that can keep on reminding you of those great things, the great parts of teaching and uh, being an educator, because we know that we are our harshest critics and can really get um, caught up in the, the, the difficult parts of our job. And it's really important to just step aside at times and remember those really important um, great parts of the teaching profession. So we got this from uh, the 30 reflection questions from an awesome website that we've referenced um, a, a few episodes ago. So really recommend that you have a think in your own staff rooms about that particular question, or if not these questions, what are the things that are helping you to really think about those great parts of the job? Yeah, they're really they're really great. And since you introduced them to me, Shaz, I've I've enjoyed reading through them, and it's help. It helps just to, you know, condition your own experiences and um, you know, put them into context and put them into words and thoughts. And actually, it helps when you put your, those you know those obscure feelings into words. You you feel better when you can define and point to them. Um, so yeah, look. Completely agree. Absolutely uh, recommend highly and uh, we will continue our way through them. Beautiful. Love it. Um, all right. So it's time for our magical moment for this week. And we uh, have a, a lovely magical moment that has been sent in from a uh, another Queensland teacher. Uh, let's have a look and listen now. Hi, my name is Zoe. I'm a teacher from Queensland. My magical moment is from this week, actually. This is my first year teaching maths and I had a student come up to me and say that their parents have been working with them for a year to try and teach them how to read a clock. Um, and now after spending some time in my maths class, that's something that they can do. So that was really cool. That is very cool. Well done, Zoe from Queensland. Um, so she has taught not a maths teacher and uh, we know that some students and teachers have a real kind of fixed mindset when it comes to maths I don't how do you, how do you feel about maths Mr White if you had to go and teach maths now as a very <laughs> I, accomplished uh, English teacher no I the maths isn't my home um, mm -hmm. no I, I look I could do probability I suppose but that's probably about it I'm, I'm yeah. fascinated by maths but I do not feel comfortable doing it let alone teaching it but then our our young friend um uh zoe today though she's just said in a magical moment she's not a math teacher she's actually an english teacher and um has been given the great responsibility of teaching maths today uh this year and she's uh, been given some amazing feedback from a student who has obviously struggled with a very important job of telling the time and she's been able to make some headway there so well done zoe um it that, does it yeah. does demonstrate though that it's about teaching's not just about transference of knowledge no. and understanding like teaching is so much more than that so yes someone who who has taught before will approach something in a certain way i suppose and be um you know open for changes in the way in the way that they're dealing with the students or delivering the material so yeah i mean 
it's a skill set that teachers have that is often undervalued. Yeah. So it, yeah, it often isn't about subject knowledge. It's about um, that mindset and changing yeah. students' mindsets and getting them to care about something. So yeah, very, very impressive. And she, I mean, Zoe could have told us a story about um, something from her skill set, but sometimes when you step out your own, of your own comfort zone as a teacher, you can, uh, there's a lot of growth there for yourself as well and, mm. and pride in what you're able to do. So very, very cool story. Thank you so much, Zoe, for sending that through. Well done, Zoe. Great work. Um, so uh, we nearly ready to um, uh, give you a, a wisecrack um, to the world, Mr. White. <laughs> I was born ready. You get your best work ready. All right, here we go. <laughs> what is weekly wisecracks? What do you got, Mr. White? Go for it. Oh, look, I have mentioned that that sting doesn't get old. It still continues to be fresh. Uh, I love it. Okay. A few years ago, teaching uh, Year 11 English, uh, we were talking about books and and writing and poetry and short stories. I think we were studying Catherine Mansfield, who's a short story writer. Um, So we're talking about different styles of writing. And some of the girls started saying that they wanted to be a writer. Like they wanted to end up being a writer. I said, well, what do you want to write? This is great. Some of them are saying, we want to, I want to write poetry. I want to write short stories. Um, what about you, Mr. White? Did you ever want to be a, a writer? And I said, yeah, I've, I, I kind of always wanted to be, I was always interested in, you know, I wanted to write a mystery novel. So I said, I, I want to write a mystery novel or do I? And that was the... <laughs> I got your shares. I got you. You did. You did. You did. You did. You did. I imagine in that classroom, you. Oh, I wonder if I they were hanging off your word. Every word you yeah, were saying. Yeah. I wonder if I missed. They're like, oh, really? Did I? I can just imagine the silence that you held then when they went. Did he? <laughs> what did he not? Indeed, indeed. Nice one, Mr. White. You did say it was a was a good one. Well done. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you. I'll keep them coming. Okay, please do. The The crowd loves them. Yes. Now, uh, Teaching Tale, this is something else we do. Uh, we've got a Teaching Tale is a story that comes from the classroom or, or beyond something within the educational setting that only happens to teachers. And this is a reason that Shaz and I maintain that teachers are the best dinner guests mm-hmm. because we've always got stories. We've always got teaching tales to tell. Do we have one this week, Shaz? Oh, do we what? Hold on to your hats, people. Here we go. Teaching tales. Dun, dun, dun. All right. This one, um, we are going international and I couldn't be more excited. So this uh, teaching tale has been sent in from John McDonald, who has been a principal for many years. He's a retired principal now uh, in the U.S., and um, it's a long story, but it's an educational and it's a ripper. So, so stay with me. I want to start off with: Do you understand, Mr. White, about how um, about brain development and the frontal lobe um, development as we age? Uh, I know a little bit, given that I'm a teacher, but uh, no, not extensively. Excellent. I, I wonder. I wonder what you're getting at. Excellent. All right. Well. There's a bit of education in here for everyone as well. And I found that this this really rings true because my son 
is a seventh grader and this story is about seventh graders and I'm this is the reality um, that I'm living right now of this um, underdeveloped frontal lobe. All right, here we go. A true middle school story told by Mr. John McDonald. And he has a disclaimer here that he really does like seventh graders. So he knew, uh, he says, I knew Houdini as a seventh grader. Not the real Houdini, of course. Not Harold Houdini. The boy I'm talking about was a seventh grader at the school where I was a principal. But Houdini was the nickname I gave him forever after that one fateful fall morning. Now, as principal, I didn't deal often with seventh graders. They amused me greatly, but they didn't get my jokes. So I mostly dealt with the eighth graders who are less amusing, but who had a greater appreciation for my sense of humor. I think you already like this man, um, Whitey. So he left the seventh graders in the hands of one of his assistant principals. This one particular full morning, however, he was standing as he usually did at the start of the school and he in the school lobby as students arrived and came in off the bus. It was one of his favourite times of the day where he gets to speak to students as they come in, wish them a good day and try to start the day off in the best way possible. On this particular day, though, as he was standing and greeting the arriving students, one of the seventh grade math teachers came down the stairs and said, I'm going to leave these three with you and I'm going back to supervise the rest of my homeroom. And when she was gone up the stairs, no further explanation or reason. As he turned to face the three she had left with him, he realised that he was about to have one of the best days as a principal. He says, now ordinarily, I would have immediately turned the three over to the assistant principal, but I'd been doing this job for a while and sometimes you just know that this will make a great story. Standing before me were three boys. One was in a pair of handcuffs and the other two were either side of him. For now, we'll call them Larry, Curly and Mo. Curly being the one in, in handcuffs. I didn't say anything immediately, and here's why. The looks on all three of their faces were nothing short of priceless, and he wanted to simply enjoy the moment as long as he could. Now, to understand this look, you have to. there's some things that you have to know about seventh grade boys. First, they're past the point of wanting to please adults. Don't I know it? They have thrown their sixth grade caution to the wind and are living simply in the moment. They think and plan ahead for as as much as 10 to 15 seconds at a time and they have not developed that eighth grade ability to realise that actions have consequences and that cause and effect is, in fact, a natural law of the universe and that one thing inevitably leads to another. At the same time, they've not yet developed the ability to reflect on the immediate past to learn from their own mistakes and in a sense they're like a car meandering down the road of life having the same or similar accidents over and over again as they go. That's great imagery. (laughs) It really is, isn't it? So if you work with middle schoolers, you learn quickly what psychologists have known for years. Simply put, the human forebrain where conscious decision-making occurs is not fully developed in seventh graders. In fact, and I'm talking scientific fact, it won't be fully developed for several more years. Most experts agree that the forebrain will not be a finished working product until adulthood, a little sooner in females, late teens to early 20s, and a little later in males, he says, mid to late 50s. (laughs) (laughs) But we get there in the end. We do, we do. It's spectacular. (laughs) All right, so knowing this about the seventh grade mind makes the story easier to appreciate. If you have a seventh grader, know a seventh grader Um, or remember being a seventh grader, then you know what I mean. So anyway, these three boys are standing there, priceless looks on their face, and you can almost see the thoughts going through their minds. 
They don't have any idea how the, how they got to this particular point in time and they don't have any idea what to do or where they're going. They're lost on the sea of a seventh grade consciousness, which is not more than a few inches deep, by the way. They're casting virtual nets into the sea of consciousness, hoping to haul in a bountiful catch of wisdom, thought or reason, something they can hold up as a valid explanation for what happened, something they can mount on the wall and say, let me tell you about this fish here. But unfortunately, all the fish in this shallow sea of consciousness are small minnows and guppies that swim right through the netting and vanish as fast as they appear. It's just a beautiful piece of writing. He's quite a writer. That is the seventh grade stream of consciousness. They had nothing. They were going to have nothing for at least another year, and yet a little hamster, the ha- little hamster wheels continued to turn in their heads. I stood there for what it probably seemed to them an eternity, and then I spoke. And as I did, you could see a spark of hope in their eyes. Finally, someone, someone will explain what is happening here. I enjoyed that spark briefly before I doused it. I told them to go into the office and write statements about what had happened. The priceless look of confusion returned to their faces as they contemplated putting down into words those thoughts that they were incapable capable of wrapping their minds around in the first place. As a last-ditch effort to bring some meaning to the moment, Curly looked at me holding out his handcuffs and said, but I have handcuffs on. <laughs> I have wondered to this day whether he thought I didn't know he had handcuffs on or whether I didn't know what handcuffs were or how they worked or whether those several moments of reflection, reflective and contemplative thought had simply yielded the only thing that he knew for sure. I have handcuffs on. So I smiled at him more out of enjoyment than kindness and restated my desire for them to go to the office and write their statements. After herding them into the office, the school resource officer came over to me and told me quietly, I can unlock those handcuffs. I told him to come back in about half an hour. I wanted to enjoy the interrogation part first. Absolutely. <laughs> I, started, <laughs> I started with easy questions. Who bought the handcuffs? How did they get on Curly, etc. It turns out Mo had bought them from home. They were his mother's. She worked at a jail. <laughs> Larry, fascinated by the handcuffs and assuming they were a toy, put them on Curly, who willingly and gladly let Larry do so. Even Mo thought this was funny. They all thought this was great fun until they couldn't get them off, which eventually led them to be escorted to me. The interrogation moved to a scarier phase for the boys when I started asking harder questions like, why did you bring the handcuffs to school, Mo? Mo quickly responded, for show and tell. We all fell silent for a moment. Now, Mo, Larry and Curly all knew that we didn't do show and tell in middle school. Hadn't really done show and tell since the second grade, some five years earlier. They knew this, but in their naive way, they hoped and prayed that perhaps I didn't know that. You could see the hope in their eyes as they pondered whether I would buy this truly brilliant explanation. It was a one in a million shot. But if you're a seventh grader, you'll take your chances with that any day. They all know they didn't know anything better. Now, I could have pushed Mo on this point and wiped out his alibi with the simplest of cross-examination, but I didn't. I knew it was the best he could do, and that was all he had. Besides, I was enjoying this. No, it was time for the knockout punch. Did you bring a key? I asked him after a moment or two of silence. The lost look returned to his face. 
It was a rhetorical question, of course, but he didn't know that. It was a yes or no question too, but that was of no benefit to him either. For seventh grade boys, the answer to a yes or no question can sometimes be quite elusive. I could see the wheels turning again, but there was just spinning. There was no traction, no forward movement. And the other two were standing behind him faithfully, the mud from that spinning tire splattering all over their perplexed little faces. That's great. It was time to stop. I knew I had been given a gift that day, but I also know that it couldn't go on forever. I had the school resource officer come and unlock the cuffs. I sent the boys back to class and called their parents. Mo's mother came to retrieve the handcuffs and all she could do was shake her head. This was not Mo's first moment of genius. There had been many, but it was perhaps his most amusing. Larry went on to be Larry. What else can you say about Larry? But Curly became Houdini that day. And I know what you're thinking. Why nickname him Houdini when he couldn't get out of the cuffs? Houdini was an escape artist. He would have found a way to free himself from the cuffs, right? Mm. Mr. John McDonald would argue to his death that Mr. Harold Houdini would not have been able to get out of those cuffs as a seventh grader because seventh graders just don't have the mental capacity to be able to do anything. Uh, spectacular work. That's Mr. Great. John That's McDonald. <laughs> Let's top that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's incredible the imagery there. Metaphor, brilliant. So well written. So good, isn't it? Oh, I love that story. That's great. Yeah. That's so, great. I have asked uh, Mr. John McDonald <laughs> to um to come on the show. Uh but he does say that he's better in written form than in person. I disagree. I still want John McDonald to come on this show. He has had a spectacular career um, in the US and I think he would have many uh, amazing stories to share just like that one. <laughs> I love the the, uh, the experience that he demonstrated in knowing that this is something he wants to be I'm part not of. handing this I, one I, over. I'm not giving this one away. This is something I want to be part of. I want to see this firsthand. This is mine. I <laughs> This is my barbecue story right here. I'm not handing this to That's another. right. That's right. Uh, it takes an experienced leader to know to know those ones, to really see Brilliant. that you're not going to have these kids um, turning up in handcuffs every day. And thank goodness. Because we've got, thank goodness. we do yes. have some learning to do, but that is um, – We do. Yeah, pretty good. Oh, great work. Great work. Yeah. Love it. So good. All right. Um, so we would love anybody, if you've got a teaching tale like that, um, please reach out to us. We're on um, on uh, Facebook. We're on Instagram at Teachers Change Lives Podcast. You can private message us and we would love you to send through a awesome teaching tale like that. So Absolutely. If, um, do we have any reviews, Mr. White? Have we had any we more do. listener reviews? What are they saying about have. us? Of course we have. What, what's the Twitter sphere saying about us? Well, this comes from he- Helen007, which is just the coolest name, mm-hmm. Helen007. <laughs> teachers Change Lives podcast is a positive and heartwarming podcast for all teachers and those who know teachers, i.e. everyone. So good to hear how teachers have made a difference in kids' lives and also which teachers inspire other teachers. Keep them coming. Thank you, Helen. That's brilliant. That is Love it. Fabulous. Um, so we would love you to leave a review. So if you're on, uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you can click on the five stars and you can then also leave us a review there, which would be great. Yep. Uh, we'd love to hear what you're thinking. 
Um, I would love to hear in your reviews if you, we would love to hear the craziest thing that you have ever confiscated from a student, actually. Ooh, that's a good one. That would be a good one to leave in a review. Um, we would love to see those coming through. Uh, and obviously we would just love you to follow us so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes that are coming yep. through. And we will, uh, every second episode, we, in, uh, we, we interview somebody for an inspiring story. So join us for those amazing um, stories where we can go really, get really deep on how a teacher has had a significant impact on somebody's life, which is what we're all about in, in education. That's what we're all about. That's why we're here. It's what we're doing. Couldn't be more true. All right. Well, we are over the end of our first term and we are on a downhill slide. Did you know, Mr. White, that uh, this we've hit the, the 10 episode mark and so this is our actually our 11th episode? Wow. Yes. And we're at Double figures. over 9,200 um, downloads. Keep them coming. Keep them, keep them coming. And our intention is most certainly to keep them coming. And a big Fantastic. thank you to Mr. Uh, to Video Pro for hooking us up with some good recording equipment. So we sound best. A, a little bit better every week, which is what we're aiming to do. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. Well, that's it. That's all we've got time for this evening. I need to head off and do some lesson planning. <laughs> I'm going to finish my drink. <laughs> <laughs> also, important work. <laughs> uh, we do what we can. We do, we do, we do do what we can. And um, whatever, whichever side you're on, go and enjoy your um, yes. your time as well. And we will um, catch up with everyone next week. Good on you, everyone. Thank you very much. Good on you, Shaz. See you later, Mister White. See ya. Ta-da. Riverside.